Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the rafters of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there, I'm Dave, the Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. The week of June 26th, more than 18,000 fast pitch softball players representing over 1,100 teams descend on the metro area for the 2023 Colorado 4th of July tournament. This marquee event is ran by Triple Crown Sports Tournament Director Stephanie Clavitter. Stephanie, it's so amazing to meet you today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're originally from New Ulm, Minnesota. <laughs> New Ulm, Minnesota. I, uh, Minnesota. Nice. You got to do that, right? It, it, I didn't mean <laughs> to do that. It just came out naturally. <laughs> Um, that's roughly 90 miles southwest of the Twin Cities. Um, mm -hmm. Even today, the population is under 15,000 people. I, I imagine that community was very tight-knit. What was it like growing up in, in that community? It was so special. And I think just um, that that really has has been um, a core of who I am because of the community that I grew up in um, and just that tight-knit feel. Everywhere I go, I, I look for my community and uh, I, that definitely comes from New Alm. It was a special place. How were you first introduced to fast pitch softball? Growing up, farming community, slow pitch softball, watched my uncles play, right, okay. um, in the cornfields. And then as I grew up, my sister actually was a softball pitcher. And so I'd run around and chase after her balls that you know went flying somewhere when she was throwing. And, and then uh, that's how it came. At what point did you realize you were better than your sister? Ah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know. In my eyes, I never was. She was my uh, hero, right? Oh. So uh, I guess I never even thought about that. There is something <laughs> about playing with older kids, uh, older siblings that almost engenders that competitive spirit. It almost uh, amplifies your own ability, right? Because you have to level up at an early age. Sure, sure. In, in high school, your team was an absolute force. You win three straight state championships. You go 85 and three during um, that time. I have to ask, what happened with those three losses? Can you believe that? I know, right? Those are the ones you remember, huh? <laughs> I, I'm totally joking. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. It is interesting. Those are the moments that do stick out, but yeah. that had to have been such an amazing time in your mm -hmm. life. It really was. And just, again, the, the community and how they rallied behind us. And it was something that, you know, everybody invested in. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was special. It's like those stories that you see on uh, the sports stories that, uh, that you get on the movies, right? It yeah. really felt like that. In 1995, you, you gave up four earned runs, not per game, for the entire season. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is absolutely <laughs> incredible. By the way, this was after they moved the mound back three feet. Right. From right. my understanding, gave you a little bit more flexibility to kind of uh, put some movement on your ball. Mm -hmm. Did the game just feel easy to you? Yeah, it, it was just fun. It was fun and felt like what I was supposed to do. And I mean, you got to remember it was a it's a team sport, right? So like the the group of of kid kids we were together was it was pretty incredible. And then my my uncle was our softball coach. Okay. So it was really fun. And then I th feel like half the team was like cousins or okay. you know. So <laughs> it was uh, neat. being a pitcher is such a unique thing in sports. It's a team game, like you mentioned. But in the throws of that game, it's really you one on one. Mm -hmm versus the batter. What's it like to have that ball in your hand on that mound in the ultimate situation like a state championship game? Wow. It was just pure control. Can yeah. you tell him I might be a little bit of a control freak? <laughs> um, but 
to me, pitching has always been a different game than fast pitch. Like it was like a, a game in and, in and of itself. Like rather than being a shortstop or a center fielder or or anything, and and just being able to have that control. And I, I don't think I I I don't think I would have played if I wasn't on the mound. Really? Yeah. You just wanted to have that much influence on the outcome. I did, and I really felt like I could. I did really feel like I was in control of what everything that was going on. And if um, somebody did get a hit or something did happen, that was all on me. It wasn't that they were a great hitter or or anything like that, which is not the fact. It, that's not true, right. but that's how I really felt when I was on the mound. So did you get nervous at all or was it? No, never. Really? No, mm-hmm. no butterflies? Never. Wow. Yeah, never. I and I get more nervous for doing something like this really? than I ever did. Put me on the mound in a state championship game or a national tournament, and I'm like, that's where I'm supposed to be. Was that always the case? I imagine the first time you mm-hmm. ever took the mound, that had to be nerve-wracking, or, or was it just a natural mm-hmm. comfort that you No, felt? I don't ever oh. feel nerves around around sports. It was the same with basketball. It was the same when I played volleyball. I just, I never felt that in that arena. I and, and I, I just excelled. I was very athletic, always even at a young age. Um, it was a, a, a source of confidence for me. I was, I mean, I was six, three when I was in eighth grade and that was tough yeah. in and of itself. And so that was kind of where I got my confidence. I, I should probably have introduced you as Hall of Famer, Stephanie oh, Claviter. Oh goodness. You're in the <laughs> University of Minnesota Softball Hall of Fame. And, and top five in nearly all of their career pitching stats. Huh. What, did, what did that honor in particular mean to you? Man, you know, it's funny. It, I, I don't want to downplay any of that, right? To yeah. say like that it wasn't important. That's It's absolutely incredible. Um, and it was very humbling honors. Um, but uh, to me, again, it was just about my teammates and, and, and uh, the fact that I was able to have that experience with that community at that moment in time. And... I don't know. I don't even think about that stuff. <laughs> it's it's funny when you talk to athletes about legacy and you talk about the things that they miss the most. It is the competition. It is succeeding in that arena. But they almost all universally pine for the bus trips together with yeah. the teammates or those mm-hmm. nights laughing in the hotel or having a meal together. <laughs> what is it about the the camaraderie of sport? Mm-hmm. You know, it brings us all together, yeah. right? We we have a common, we share something, right? Even if we didn't play on the same field, um, we experience the same things by being part of, of something like that. Does that apply to you too? Is that what you miss the most mm-hmm. about that time of your life, that camaraderie? I do, yeah, right, and because it's fading. Yeah. Um, it's fleeting. It's just a, it's just a moment in time, and I think yeah, we we try and recreate that wherever we go, but you can't quite ever recreate that moment. So it's so special. You were a big part of the team that that won uh, the University of Minnesota's first Big Ten championship mm-hmm. in 1999. Mm-hmm. What do you remember from that time, and what did it mean for you to deliver such a great moment for the program? Yeah, I would say when I look back at my career there, that that probably was one of the biggest highlights for us because uh, we just we just could never beat you know the the Big Blue, the Michigan <laughs> Michigans of the world, and yeah. um, that was a really great moment for the five seniors uh, there's five of us but they called us the fab five and um that was that was our moment the idea of putting movement and location on a baseball 
just from the physics mm -hmm. of it feels attainable. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that just connects to me throwing it overhand. How different and perhaps mm -hmm. more difficult mm -hmm. is it to have that same control and movement with a fast pitch softball? Right. So um, I would say that it's a natural arm motion. Okay. But just putting the entire movement of the body together on the plane that you're moving on. And it's easier, I feel like, to gain. For me, it was easier to throw hard. It wasn't as easy easy to get uh, movement on my ball. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's complex, it's beautiful, it's fun, it's, yeah. That raw ability just to throw a ball hard, but yeah, the, yeah. the art and the science mm -hmm. behind location and mm -hmm. strategy, that's yeah. gotta just be a whole nother level. I imagine you witness with players, that's kind of the differentiator. You have people who can throw fast, but they can't get it where they need it to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they always say hitter can catch up with anything, right? Mm -hmm. Catch up with speed, but the art of being able to spin the ball and, and with fast pitch softball and getting the ball to spin against gravity and, and the, what the pitchers do now with their movement of, of throwing the ball up and down. And it, it's really, it's so, it's so cool to watch when I watch a game now. Um, it, you know, just watching that part of it, the intricacies of the movement of the ball and, and then somebody being able to try and hit that. And it's really cool. Is that the, the big differentiator in the game from now, for, now, from the time when, when you were playing in college is, is do you notice a big difference in the style of play? I think just that people know more about it. Okay. You know, they're more educated about it. I think that, um, you know, the pitchers that even came before me uh, were, were moving the ball and were throwing it hard and were changing speeds and doing all that. But it's more of a common language now. Uh, I think that just the world is understanding it because it's on TV, because we're able to, um, you know, talk about it that way. Um, more people are doing it now. Um, so, yeah. There was a time, I think, a, a sweet spot, you know, when, when Jenny Finch got really popular, mm -hmm. where the sport got a lot of exposure. Mm -hmm. It was elevated in profile. Um, do you feel like we're still making progress in that arena pretty pretty well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and each year, it's just more and more. I mean, you see a softball game right now, you mm -hmm. can turn on on any night and you can turn on you know any sports network or ESPN and you see game going on and then also I think that the coaches and the the conferences are really um advocating and fighting hard for that um it's become a sport one of the most watched sports mm -hmm. um on TV right now. What's so amazing to me is that it isn't necessarily always a, an Olympic played sport, right? Some years it is. Yeah. I mean, there's always an, a national teams, but sometimes it's in the Olympics, sometimes it's not. So the, the college athlete has really become the 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 hero the person that these girls that who are playing it these young girls are watching and and um, looking up to so that's super special for our sport that we've got those heroes and when Jenny and um, you know Michelle Smith and Lisa Fernandez and Kat Osterman when when and and Monica when they were on the mound there wasn't as much on TV. It's, it wasn't yeah. every day. Um, so definitely so much progress. Uh, you went on to be a very successful pro mm -hmm. uh, in the Women's Professional Softball League, including being the championship MVP in 2000 mm -hmm. and pitcher of the year. Was that around the time you also got connected to Triple mm -hmm. Crown Sports? Mm -hmm. Gosh, those were fun times. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was like another lifetime ago. Um, but yeah, so after, or when I was in the pro league, one of my teammates was from Fort Collins. Okay. And we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives because we were playing pro ball and it was only about three months out of the year. 
And a lot of my teammates were um, assistants for college programs, uh, graduate assistants. We wanted to still be able to train and then come back and play during the summer. So it was, am I going to go and coach in college? I wasn't sure I wanted that lifestyle. And then, um, yeah, she said, I know this guy um, for, in Colorado that I, I think, you know, he would really love to help us if we wanted to put a business plan together um, and do some instruction and start an academy or something like that. And so, so that's what we did. Uh, we met Dave King. He's the um, owner of Triple Crown Sports. So at that time, did the Triple Crown have a fast pitch program? Were, were you kind of the architect of that? No, uh, not necessarily the architect. Um, we did have a couple of fast pitch events that we did locally. And we, they were, we were starting to partner with some groups to maybe um, have more of a fast pitch division at the company. But at that time, it was still slow pitch and youth baseball that were kind of the drivers um, of the company. And then my teammate and I, yeah, we just we just kept hanging around. And I think we wore him out, I'm not sure, but um, we were able to then come in on the ground level of building some really amazing fast pitch events like this Colorado 4th of July uh, event that we host in Aurora. The Colorado 4th of July tournament has become an absolute premier event, mm -hmm. uh, particularly for Aurora. Um, how has have you seen it evolve over the years? Right. Um, I would say it was uh, fractured at first, right? We had the fireworks tournament that was in Aurora. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had the sparkler tournament, which we started um, in Westminster. And then there was another tournament, the Independence Day tournament in Boulder. And we were we worked together because all the college coaches were able to come out and they had a lot of options to come and watch the kids. And then as the events evolved and we, our, our company and our business evolved and grew, we were able to merge the fireworks and the sparkler together um, to become this just massive festival of fast pitch softball in Colorado every summer. Did being kind of geographically centrally located mm -hmm. lend to the success of the tournament where, you know, teams from everywhere can kind of converge on the midpoint of the country for mm -hmm. an event? Was that advantageous, do you think? I think so. Um, there isn't a lot of fast pitch um, around this, um, you know, mountain region in regards to um, national major national events um, heavily in the West Coast, California, Texas, the Southeast. Um, the Midwest has um, a, a great amount of softball. And so like when I was growing up, it was already Colorado was the place that you'd go to get recruited. Okay. And then with Triple Crown behind it and just the company behind the event, we were able to put our resources into it and just grow and grow. And it is by far the first event that gets put on a team schedule. Wow. And they build their schedule around it. And it's just Colorado. We're going to Colorado. We got to go to Colorado. We want to go to Colorado. And it's an event not just for the player. It's for the coach. It's for the parent. It's for the grandparent. Yeah. It's for the, you know, the uh, uh, siblings, everybody like just looks forward to their week in Colorado. Do the players and coaches you interact with today have an understanding of your history as a player and how good of a player you were? No, none. Huh? They don't? No, my identity for this event is just that I'm the event director. And I, I think that 
there's there are those those people that are in the game that were in the game at that time as well. So like college coaches will know that, maybe some club coaches, but yeah. no, and coming from New Orleans, Minnesota, I mean my story wasn't out there in the fast pitch world really. I you know and and it was also in the in the 90s and the early 2000s when we weren't on TV as much. Yeah. Um, so you would have to definitely uh, do some searching to find that out. I Which think. I did. You did. That's uh, incredible. You have 18,000 competitors that, that all want to win, but there's, there's a real sense of camaraderie at the event. What is it about fast pitch in general and, and this event specifically that really fosters that sense of community? Well, I think that when we set out to run the tournament, there's always this vision in mind of bringing everybody together and whether it be the the you know the companies that produce the equipment that we use or the college coaches um, the youth um, you know any foundations nonprofits that are in our sport we try to get out and get involved and how can we help them and and then also, you know, what are we offering for kids if they're all going to be out here playing ball? And, you know, their goal with coming to the event, I think, originally was a college scholarship mm -hmm. or I want to find a home. I want to keep playing ball for the next, you know, four years. I want to be recruited. And now it's also become, you know, I want to maybe learn some more about sports. So they've got camps that are going on or I, you know, want to buy the latest bat or I want to get an autograph uh, from, you know, the top college softball player, maybe. Um, and I want to see my friends that I met at the tournament last year that are on a team from an, you know, Alaska or Hawaii. Um, and it's become more about, it's just more, it's more now. It's not just about the game of softball. How fulfilling is that you love this sport mm -hmm. and now you kind of get to serve as a mentor to thousands of mm -hmm. kids to a degree mm -hmm. that's gotta be incredibly life affirming. Well, it's neat because I feel like for me, sports in general, and then fast pitch really, um, they get, it gave me so much. Right. And so for for uh, for me to be able to give back i can't think of another way to be able to give back in a, a better way and then also to the coaches in my life you know the mentors i get choked up about this because yeah i mean it's you know the sacrifice it's, and it's you know just, the time you know the passion and it's my again it's the opportunities that i'm able to provide through this event and through our company for me personally to be able to give back to that coach that I had or that mentor that, you know, that, that invested in my life. The, the event brings together the future stars of the sport along with Olympic and collegiate mm -hmm. champions, coaches, umpires, fans. Yeah. You've also got all the, the corporate sponsors and partners. You got TV coverage, the logistics of all of that. Yeah. How can you manage yeah. all of that? How do you pull it off? Oh, it's so fun. Um, <laughs> Um, it's not, it's not me, you know, I mean, yeah, you're sitting here and you're talking to me with the title as the event director, but I mean, really, I'm just the glue that, that pulls everybody together. And there's, you know, we hire with our umpires, there's, there are 600 officials that come out. Wow. They run this mm -hmm. event for us, right? Um, there are 200 paid staff people 
that are on site at each one of the locations where we're running games. They run this event. We work with 20 different cities to pull this off and and they host the event as if it was their own. So they run the event. We've got college coaches that come out and they do camps and they coach all-star games and and they they support the event. I mean, and, and they're recruiting and so they run the event. So for me, it's really just putting all the glue together. And then I get to think about what's the next thing? Like what's the next cool thing that we can do? I'm down here today to meet with a bunch of uh, nonprofits in Aurora and because we want to host a charity golf tournament nice. during the event. And so how can we give back to the community that we're in? How can we give back to our sport? How can we give to some nonprofits? Uh, so like, what's that? What's next? That's kind of, that's what I get to do. Well, one of the important mm-hmm. venues for the tournament is the Aurora Sports Park. It's a, it's a wonderful newer facility. That, that frankly, not enough of our residents and visitors know about or take advantage of. Yeah. Um, what makes that an ideal venue for, for the tournament? Right. Um, well, first and foremost, it's the people yeah. that we get to work with there. Um, they're incredible. Um, they're, they do it um, better than anybody. So to be able to work with them first and foremost, and then the facility itself, um, having 12 fields in one location, um, to be able to kind of build a a feeling and a a hub and an energy with all the teams, those teams there. Again, we use 150 fields from Fort Collins all the way down to Colorado Springs, right? So we're everywhere, but we use the, the Roar Sports Park is our central location. We we do, uh, we host things there, not just tournament games, but like MLB comes in and we do junior home run derby. We do an MLB play ball clinic there. The Beautiful Lives Project comes in and we do um, um, two games with the Beautiful Lives Project at the Aurora Sports Park. So we use, we're able to use the the venue there that way. And then, um, you know, visit Aurora, the the restaurants, the the businesses um, that's, that do come out and do support the event are incredible. And we just, this, I mean, to, to bring, you know, if, if somebody else hears about it and then now they can come out, I mean, we want to bring the community out to all these special events that we're running at the sports park as well. It's it's incredible. You've turned a childhood passion into mm-hmm. a life of tremendous success and, and you've given back by providing the sport a platform for thousands to continue thriving in it as well. Uh, you've got to feel a sense of pride not only in your playing career, but but as a great steward for the the growth and health of the sport. Do you feel a responsibility to kind of pass the torch along to future generations? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are people, the women that came before me, um, that laid the groundwork so that I could play the game, so that I could be doing what I'm doing now. And I mean, look at you know, look at what I get to do. I get to play, and I get to be involved in my in the my passion and my sport. Um, it's not, it's, you know, a lot of people don't get to do that. Right. And so how, how special is that? If I were to be able to create the opportunity for more young girls to grow up, to be women, to be able to do what I'm doing and to love this, I mean, yeah, that, that would be a dream. How do you see this all evolving, both the the tournament Mm -hmm. and and your own personal growth as well? I, I, I don't even know. Just keep elevating the sport, shining a light on it, I imagine. You just never know. I mean, you never know where we're gonna go. And, and I think as long as we're, 
we're all open. We're working together. Uh, our community, keep our community connected. Um, bring as many people into our, this this event and this community as we can. And the more people that are involved, the more opportunities that there will be. It will always be open and endless. Triple Crown Sports Tournament Director and Hall of Famer, <laughs> Stephanie Claviter. It was amazing to meet you. Congratulations. And, and thank you for bringing such an amazing event to Aurora. Thank you. Thank you for, for doing this. Learn more about the Triple Crown Sports College. Colorado 4th of July tournament at cosparkfire.com and make sure to follow on Facebook at TCS Fast Pitch and on Instagram at TC Fast Pitch. Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250 plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.